Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented to you by Melee Stats. And uh, if you've been watching these past couple episodes, you know that I usually introduce myself as a uh, major seeder, a top 100 organizer, and uh, lately I've been putting some Smash World Tour credentials under my belt. And if you watched this past weekend, you would also see that now, in addition to all of those, I am the guy who gets to go on stage and tells Hungrybox to wear a mask. Um, and what a wonderful weekend it was, in addition to being able to, uh, to you know, grace the, the presence of the stream with, with that. And also, I think I was testing someone's headphone at one point on the stream. Uh, yeah, the stream was also being graced with uh, probably one of the best turns we've seen in a while. And I think it's in no small part due to the number of upsets by someone we might hear from later. But before we get to that, gentlemen, uh, I want to introduce my wonderful co-host. You know him from the Book of Melee, and you, you might know him from another upcoming project that we're going to discuss later in this episode. Uh, he is, of course, Edwin Budding. What is going on, Edwin? I'm doing well, man. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really excited to talk about Smash World Tour. I'm really excited for our guest today. I'm excited to talk to you. I think we're coming up to a really exciting time for Melee, where there's just going to be so much drama, so much discourse, so many tournaments. But they're all going to be fun this time. So I'm I'm ready to jump into it. Uh, I, I mean, hey. You talk about discourse. Uh, I love discourse almost as much as I love content. Those are the two big things in uh, in my life: discourse and content. And uh, who is better at both of those than <laughs> than uh, our wonderful guest for this week's episode, Polish? How is it going, Polish? It was going a little better before that segue. But <laughs> okay, how about this? Um, you might know him from his third place at Smash World Tour North America East Qualifier Melee 2021 with oh wins God. over players such as Cody, <laughs> IBW, Schwab, uh, <laughs> Juan, Hungrybox, Vivienda, and Avery, Ginger, Wilson. Uh, we have our own Matt Polish Warshaw. <laughs> How's it doing, Polish? How's it doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 recovering from the weekends. I'm excited to play more video games with good players. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, there was. I'm like my mind's totally blank right now, uh, and I've like not really done any content slash putting myself out in the world as a human rather than a the person who moves a character on a screen. So no, just a little fear. But aside from that, I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you know, we are coming off of. I, so I mentioned that uh, you know one of the best weekends made that we've seen. We are coming off of a holiday. Sunday was, of course, a pretty big holiday, uh, and that holiday was Throw to Polish Day, as uh, as I've heard from Twitter. Um, I do hear this, yeah, people have been saying. <laughs> I don't think anyone's been saying that more so than uh, yourself, Polish. Let's hear about your run, because I distinctly remember you having some of the best wins of the tournament, and then walking into the lounge, as I'll call it, uh, and having some choice words about how no one was playing well, and you don't have any good wins, because no no one actually, uh, you know, played well enough for them to count. Uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on, on the weekend, because I think that any Melee player would love to have this. I don't I want to hear your... Um, 
you know, your thoughts on everything. There's a lot, there's a lot there to unpack. So, um, the, the, the concept of a win, right. As a like thing that you do, a thing that you accomplish through whatever means. And now that you've got it, your rankings get better. You get more clout. It's good. You look at it and you're like, Oh, I'm like worth more in some sense because I have a win. I kind of had to abandon that mentality in order to get good enough at the game in order to get good enough at the game to actually get good wins. So to me, my personal experience is the thing that I am concerned about when I attend tournaments is whether my gameplay is better in a meaningful sense than it was at my last tournament and what things I can then improve on. Mm -hmm. So when I play a player in a set, I am happy if I play the player and I like, if I beat them in a way that I feel like, Oh, I feel like I outplayed them. I feel like I could do that again. Uh, there's more to learn more to do. That was, that was cool. Uh, but if I play a player and I feel like I played them in a set, we've gone on, the result has been decided, but I do not think I would beat them a second time. That doesn't feel great. That does not feel good to me. So when I played Hungry God, um, I certainly felt throughout the first few games, I was like, huh, playing good melee. Don't think this guy's ready for this matchup. He certainly has not thought about this in like years, maybe. I don't know, like, like intentionally tried to get better at it. So I was like, oh, this is going well. I think I can beat him. And then I think that's good for me. And then he made like really strong adaptations. I was like, oh my God, I need to be so much better to win. There's so much more I need to do. And then at the last stock, he decided, like, the last couple stocks of his, he decided to throw that all out the window and then just let me kill him a few times. And I was like, okay, that sucked. <laughs> I don't think I'd beat him again. <laughs> I don't think I'd beat him again at all. I practically lost. And then I have, that's kind of how I feel from my mentality and my approach to the game. But you see, I go out into the world and I am expected to have just gotten a hungry box win and to be thinking about the rankings and the clout and, you know, pogging out of my mind. But instead I'm thinking, damn, I'm not going to be able to do that a second time. <laughs> so that, uh, that was unfortunate. It did not feel like a, a, like a metric for me to say, I've gotten better at the game. I'm like, good now. It felt like, oh no, I'm not good enough but I won anyway. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my, my, my standpoint on how that happened this weekend. Well, Which... you know, <laughs> you, you talk about this and I think this is a legitimate um, way of looking at improvement. I think this is a healthy way of looking at improvement too, to, to not completely base yourself off of tournament results mm -hmm. um, and, and instead have your own way of, you know, measuring yourself, uh, your play. And I think that that's kind of similar to something that uh, Captain Faceroll talked to us about last week. Yeah. <laughs> Both of you guys got third. Both of you guys proved uh, this was, it's not a, like a, a one win fluke and then suddenly, you know, nothing, the rest of the tournament doesn't follow that. Uh, your trajectory throughout the entire event kind of proved that 
regardless of what you think of that individual hunger buxman and how replicable it is uh surely you, you must feel good about this entire thing right you you followed up with uh winning your pool as the mm-hmm. the last seed uh and you followed it with a win over Lod and a win over ibw you yeah. were in winner's finals of this event so i yeah <laughs> i mean i want to hear your thoughts on this but i i, I don't know I'm not sure if I can let you sit here and say just because you had beat H Bucks, you had a bad event. I don't no, want. No, no, no. I don't want to hear. Okay, this. okay, okay. I, I definitely did not have a bad event, but in terms of like, am I coming away specifically because of my tournament interactions with H Box and how I won that set? Am I coming away like fulfilled from this event? That is not where my happiness from this event mm, came yes. from. So. Yeah, that that was that was that was fine. That was cool. I definitely like was like not super happy about that win. And then Ginger, okay, so Ginger is such a good player. Last stock game five, every single time he's farmed me. Last stock game five, so many times. And like one of the big things that I was thinking once I saw my pool was like, oh, I want another shot at Ginger. Last stock game five, come on, give it to me. If I can beat Ginger last stock game five that's like i need to do what it takes i need to improve in the ways that are required to beat ginger game five last stock and then i got there and i was in that moment i was like oh my god it's happening i have another shot i can do it and then and then i i didn't he hit he started hitting me and he was in a spot where he was about to win i was like no it's happening again it's happening again i'm losing to ginger game five for the hundredth time in a row because he's such a genius player on his last stock. And then he just killed himself. And I was like, this is somehow worse. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I accept, I accept what has happened, but I definitely was like, it's, it's hard to kind of like accept the juxtaposition of like, I am, I have just gotten like two very, very big wins and I'm there and people are like pogging out over that with like my internal how I feel about events, which is, ah, no, what the hell? Not again, no. <laughs> so I, I I was definitely like sitting there for a while, kind of kind of trying to figure out what to do with that one. Uh, but here we are. I, I, I have accepted it. I've moved on. We're, we're now in the future. Everything's okay for me. <laughs> my Magi set made me much happier. Um, yeah, yeah. She like... We just played like reasonable set of melee, like like two strong melee players, and I won, and that was cool, and that that was <laughs> good melee. I really that liked was the first melee. one that you won uh, on Saturday, that you did not walk into the the lounge and say like, I wish everyone played better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so. Like your, what were your expectations for the event? You you come into this, I believe you are the fourteenth overall seed. You're the last seed in your pool, mm-hmm. uh, and you end up, <laughs> despite how you got there, despite your feelings on how you got to first seed, you we got you, there. We you got were the only, <laughs> you were the last seed, and and you uh, came out in first. So you're the only last seed to do that. Um, what were your thoughts going into the tournament? Just in terms of like your bracket itself and your entire. Uh, mental preparedness for the tournament right so when i got invited to this event initially i was actually kind of 
surprised because the East Coast is such a strong region. I was like, oh, cool. I guess I'm considered that good. That's nice. Um, and didn't think about it too much. Then the pools came out. I saw my pool and I was like, oh, God, they've given me H God for the one seed. Oh, no. And then, like, I saw Ginger and Magi and I was like, huh, I could just conceivably win this entire pool. But then I was also thinking I could conceivably lose the entire pool as well <laughs> so i was in a spot where i was like damn if either of these things happen i will not be shocked at all um because definitely you know hbox is hbox ginger's beaten me the last bunch of times in a row but peach falco sometimes peach hits falco and falco dies uh you know and that's nice uh then magi i used to i used to destroy magi it, no offense to Magi, a huge fan, personal hero of mine. Um, I used to be beating her, like, pretty bad. And then we played, like, one three-hour session. And I think she got, like, fiction to analyze it for her. And the next time we played, she was, like, so much better. And I was like, I shouldn't have helped her. I, I could have gotten, I could have beat her if I hadn't helped her out. But coming to the event, I was like, no, she's so much stronger because I played her. Oh, God. But, yeah, I just kind of came in and I was, like, I was, like, hoping to qualify because it's, like, It'd be cool to like be meet and be able to play friendlies with a bunch of really good players from a lot of different places. That seems like a cool and fun thing to do. So that was those were I guess my hopes. Um, I certainly thinking when I had gone down my train of thought of like I think I could I think I could possibly win this pool. I was not expecting it to happen the way it happened. Yeah, but, but here we are, and I accept that. <laughs> and then, um, I guess coming into, do you want me to talk about, like, going into, like, out of pool into main yeah. bracket? Right, so I saw pool four happening. By the way, pool four messed up pool. Lod got the most insane death pool I've ever seen. Literally, Wizzy, Nun, Ben, Lod is the four seed. If I had gotten that pool, I get murked. <laughs> I just get demolished. And Lod went into that pool and got out in winners. Unbelievable player. I was astonished that he did that. Oh my god. Like I saw my pool and I was like, I got so lucky <laughs> comparatively. But I know Edwin's a big Lod believer. I'm Lod, that guy's a genius. That guy's such a genius. If he like he comes to these tournaments from med school. He has no time to practice whatsoever. And he comes out and he beats all these people. So rusty. How does he do it? How does he do it? I don't know. So, best player in the world. Best so teacher. going into <laughs> your set with Lon in, in the actual bracket, uh, I, I know you two had played before. And mm -hmm. I know you, you two are both, in addition to sharing playing Peach, you both share... Uh, both Pittsburgh and uh, MDVA allegiances yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. what was kind of your, one, as the graphic said? Yeah, yeah, both very strong number one players in Pittsburgh. So, what was your preparation like heading into heading into another tough Peach Ditto with Lod? My preparation. Oh. Well, okay, so I was kind of like feeling a lot of emotions. After after my day one, I was like, wow, I won my pool. There's a lot of little people in my phone being nice to me right now. You know, social media numbers are going up. Many people are perceiving 
a, an entity that resembles me online. Um, so I was kind of like buzzing with all of that and like couldn't get to sleep until pretty late. And then there was a cat trying to sleep. Okay, I was staying with my parents and there was a cat trying to sleep on the couch that I was trying to sleep on. And I didn't want to move it, but I couldn't fall asleep with this cat on the couch. So I stayed awake for an extra hour and a half trying to like sleep around around my parents' cat. And then at 4 a.m. I was like, oh God, I have to sleep. I need something. And I I did the evil thing and I, I picked up the cat and I moved it off the couch and I felt really bad. Um, and then I got some sleep and I, and I headed to the venue. Uh, I got there. I was kind of really, really tired. I was like... I was talking to Essie before my set, as I often do, uh, because she's like an insane coach, an insanely good coach. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm thinking about it and I'm really tired and I want to go home and I don't feel like I have much of a game plan right now, but I think, I think I can figure something out. And that was how I felt going into the LOD set. Now, mid-set, obviously, it changed into, like, we played meaningful top-level melee, and that was very cool. But my preparation was to feel bad and then drink an energy drink, like like I'm sure top players do. I'm sure that's the healthy sports, sports way to get into it. Uh, I definitely was also, like... So the Peach Ditto has probably been one of my best matchups, if not my best matchup ever since I picked up Peach initially. Hmm. Um, Laud has beaten me, like, so many times in a row in that matchup. He beat me literally, like, at least 10 times in a row. The number I say is 15 because it sounds right. Probably not correct at all. But, like, in, to me, in my heart, Laud beat me, like, 15 times in a row in my, in my best matchup. He switched to Fox in one set and then beat me with the Fox. Oh, God. He, he finished a Xanadu over me by playing Yoshi once. And I was... Yeah, yeah that so sounds that guy, about right. That guy has quite a history of beating me up. I mean, to, to quote Lod <laughs> himself, Yoshi is just better Peach. Yoshi so. is just better Peach. And I learned that at that Xanadu. Actually, <laughs> if there's anyone who embodies the, the Peach-Yoshi connection, uh, it would be you, so... Is it uh, it's me? Oh, is that because I just play on the platforms? On the platforms, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your your play style is uh, very definitely. De there's definitely some connective tissue between how you. <laughs> what is, it's like shield drop, double jump, cancel uh, aerials. Is that what? Is the... Right. So a lot of my play style can be attributed to the fact that at the beginning of me playing melee, it was like the shield drop era was happening and all the commentators they just talked about shield dropping it's like 2015 um, or so right yeah, 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 yeah 2015 or so um so when i was starting off i watched a lot of uh players go on the platform and hold shield and not have to win an interaction in order to get a hit and i a young falco i i did watch a a red falco do this quite a bit um i impossible also to know who <laughs> yeah impossible to know who uh i watched plup and I was just like, wow, he's just he's just holding the shield on the platform. Oh, he just got a hit. Oh my goodness. That's cool. So I kind of like when I started off playing melee, I wanted my the way I like 
thought about neutrals. I want to get like hits, but I don't want to like. I was too scared to like actually play mix-ups or interactions. So all of the options where it's like, give me a free hit, I just kind of like latched onto those immediately. Um, so shield dropping kind of stuck somehow, even through the transition to Peach, who like traditionally not really a super shield droppy character or whatever. Um, so just kind of stuck with that. And somehow along the way, I developed a bunch of like platform mix-ups because I was like, oh no, I can't only shield drop people have adapted. And then I naturally, my play kind of like spiraled out from there, learned more things, learned more things. Uh, and then recently I learned, I think in like 2019, I was like, huh, you can shield drop and then you can float immediately after you shield drop. And then you can do a float canceled aerial and then you can land on the platform after that. And no other peaches were doing that at the time. And I was like, seems pretty good. And I started doing it and it's it's really good. It's a really good option. So now I'm, I'm the platforms guy, platforms mm -hmm. George. So <laughs> yeah, I guess my Yoshi is similar to my peach in that it also it also stands on the platforms and tries to tries to get free hits <laughs> could your yoshi beats vlad's yoshi though oh my god i want to play that now oh <laughs> my god i think that lod's yoshi i think that lod's yoshi's got the fundamentals on me i think lod's yoshi's got the smarts i think that my yoshi though if i was preparing for a yoshi match of that caliber I think I would grind out the Yoshi movement so hard. I think I'd be hitting Yoshi buttons so fast. So <laughs> that's, I, I think it would be a, a, like a mind, mind versus body type of thing, you know, like brain versus brawn matchup. Mm. Who can say who would win? I think Lod's much smarter, much smarter of a Yoshi. However. But when you bring it to the Peach Judo, then how does that change the, uh, the whole dynamic between you two? I don't know. Uh, I just got. I don't know what this question means. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if the Yoshi, oh, sorry, if the Yoshi Ditto is, God, this Yoshi Ditto, this this Yoshi Ditto, oh, which has oh, never oh. happened. If, if the Yoshi Ditto happen. is, is mind versus body, if that's what mind is our versus peach body, ditto? how what is the Peach Ditto? How how would you say that you're um play styles are you know what's the similarities what's the differences and how did that affect the the set that you guys ended up playing um yeah a lot plays he plays on the ground a lot and he's like got a really really smart and hard to deal with set of like mid float to grounded mix-ups um i'm kind of more he was he was definitely like corner kidding me a bit where it was like he was there, and he was, like, not super interacting. He was pulling his turnips. But I'm willing to not interact up high. Uh, and that's the difference. <laughs> so I feel like I, I'm, like, much more of a... It wasn't necessarily, like, I watched Triff play, and I was like, I'm going to learn all the aerial mix-ups. It was more like being in the air was a byproduct of being on platforms. So from there, I learned how to do things in the air. And, like, one of my big developments of, as a player was when I, like, learned how to play more like Lod does and then, like, actually developed a grounded mix-up game in addition to this. But primarily, my comfort zone is still, like, mid-height float, higher platform type deal. And Lod's more of a, he's down there. So I think that how I felt in our set was that 
Well, the first game he just like, what I guess wasn't like playing the game for a little while or something because I just like took got like a really big lead and then he started playing the game way harder than me, uh, <laughs> and then came back. Uh, but after that, I felt like I was like getting a pretty solid like handle on the way that he was playing in the corner and being able to like actually outplay him in the mix-ups that he was setting up. And then game four, that was no longer the case. And I was like, oh God, this guy's really beating me up and outsmarting me. And then game five, I pulled out my trump card, which was big stage platforms air, non-interact. And that was, I think, what brought it home for me, was my willingness to not interact in the video game after getting a small to medium lead. We can call it the Michael practice. <laughs> we, we, we can good. frame it that way yeah <laughs> though i definitely was i was i was timing out samus's with my falco in 2016 on anther's ladder ranked so it's it's always been a part of me <laughs> i could blame it on michael though well what was the uh preparation for the ibw win because i feel like <clears throat> so <laughs> before before you say it, I guess I'll say it. I know you're going to do the whole Polish humility thing. Uh, I, I know that IBW is that weekend, uh, you know, in a Chekhov's gun scenario. All of Saturday, he kept mentioning how he's never had to practice the Peach matchup. <laughs> and he's he was very open about, like, yeah, I just don't practice Peach anymore. I don't I haven't had to. <laughs> Last time I had to practice Peach was for Triff. And, and you just kind of keep saying stuff like that. Uh, you know, if this were a TV show, it'd be bad writing just because of like all the exposition and, and you know, foreshadowing. Uh, but they gave us a few too many reminders. There's, yeah, there's a little bit. <laughs> a little, a little heavy handed on think. the script. <laughs> but uh, but this, you know, the the script uh play ended up playing out, and and we saw you take that win. Um, how did you feel about that set? How did you you know going into the so this is winter semis at one of the most stacked tournaments of the year, and you have IBW. Right. So at that point, um, I had qualified, which was cool, and which was my goal for the event. And that was also the point at which I was thinking, um, oh, no, I'm going to have to call off work tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> upon realizing that I had not placed as low as I expected, which would have allowed me to drive back to Pittsburgh after the event. Uh, I was also still quite tired. Uh, so I slammed an energy drink and pretty much I ate a couple bananas and I went into it and I was like, whatever happens, happens. I am at peace. It's no longer in my hands. I've done all that I have set out to do. Uh, here we are, uh, which is a pretty good mentality if you're trying to not get nervous. I'll be honest. <laughs> Definitely was not feeling nervous versus him at all. Uh, had talked to Essie before the set, of course which is, you know, that's the thing you should do if you want to win in Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, Talk not your coach see. for the event. What? But... Not my coach, notably Zamu's coach, who did much more coaching for me than uh, my own coach, who may have even warmed up Cody for said set and not even come uh... back with any meaningful tips. I, yeah, I did see your coach playing the competition, and then I did yeah. see your coach eating um, a pretty, uh, hmm, how, how do I frame this um a rude amount of guacamole <laughs> just it was, it was it frankly was... mean to the hosts and and the uh and everyone else at the event to eat so much guacamole uh when he was not you know 
purely invited to the event himself, but we won't get into that. Hey, in, in my coach's defense, he was going down the Chipotle line, and he was searching for some vegan-friendly options, searching for some beans, searching for, for some tofu, and there was nothing there. And it was at that moment we realized that this event, it was, it was anti-vegan. It was not built mm-hmm. for vegans. So I feel like at that point, all actions are justified. Like The vegan-friendly event was last week. We had S We had beans. Oh. We had pinto and black. Uh, it's basically the main difference between this week and the last week was just the beans. Wally should have snuck into that event like I did. Picked the uh, wrong we one. don't talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't at that event. No. I don't. I don't want anyone to hear that uh, someone, a competitor, was able to to play some friendlies at an event that wasn't for their coast, and this competitor suddenly made uh, a bunch of upsets and place it in a pretty unprecedentedly high placing no one needs to get that no yeah nobody didn't happen didn't happen no worries uh yeah no in terms of i can give you a tier list of my coaches this weekend i had three (laughs) (laughs) okay so my first coach uh i had a saturday coach who i was definitely bringing as a coach and not to sneak in because they are a very good friend of mine uh notable pittsburgh to maryland marth player Crike, uh, they definitely, I was like, hey, do you want to come to the, okay, so actually, let's start from the beginning. My Sunday coach, Wally underscore SSBM, a very powerful, powerful New Jersey Peach player, strong player uh, of Pokemon fame, I hear. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about that. Um, finagles his way into getting me a dm from one wheat saying hey are you trying to bring a coach this weekend and i was like oh i thought wally was busy this weekend because he was going to another tournament i was like but sure i'll bring wally as my sunday coach and then i i suddenly realized i had a slot open for a saturday coach and who else to fill that but my good friend who lived 20 minutes away from the venue greg so suddenly I have coaches lined up for days. I'm really like on my top player stuff, full like <laughs> esports performance already. Um, and I was definitely, I did not expect Crike to watch three hours of Peach Puff and wow. actually sit me down and give me tips. And they were actually quite helpful tips. And they helped me like contextualize some of my interactions in game with. Hungry box and helped me win some of them. So Crike definitely. I would put I would put Crike at number one on the coach tier list. I'll be honest. Um, number two, not my coach for this weekend. Uh, Zamu's coach, Essie, notable, very strong fox slash ice climber slash literally any character in the game player who does not like competing in tournament and she just gave me a lot of really good tips before all of my sets. That helped me win. She did the same thing at SmashCon. She's really good at coaching. Number three, uh, at the bottom of it, I might actually add like a little bit of a tear gap yeah. here. Uh, I will say that Wally, Wally certainly <laughs> warmed up my opponents, though I did get a, a very powerful Peach did a warm up session in the morning before I had to play LOD, which concluded with Wally switching to Sheik and battering my exhausted peach with run up shield into grab 
There was nothing I could do about it. In that moment, he'd solved the matchup and defeated me and then posted about it after the event. So I would say, I would say solid, solidly in F tier, uh, Wally, my great friend's uh, evil coach for the weekend. And in addition to doing that, you know, uh, so the the way that coaches were basically done for this event was, um, you know, if someone wanted to request a coach that uh, if they're, you know, if, if they had a, worked already bringing someone they could bring someone as a coach uh the way that it worked was wally dming me asking if he could come as your coach and then me having to kind of go to you and be like is this real <laughs> is, uh, this, is this actually so kind of a you know the the machiavellian nature of wally plus his Absolutely. Uh, plus his love for um uh validation for his chic and his uh and his desire to play your opponents, uh, and and his insatiable hunger for guacamole. Yeah, I, I think that solidly puts him in F tier. Yeah, I would also say that Wally, my dear coach, uh, dear friends, wonderful person, thought that he could beat my Marth with his chic in a money match. We put ten dollars on the line. This had been brewing for months, and it was a three-one. I'm not proud of the one. Should have been, should have been harder, but I got it. Also, his we uh, I returned the favor by playing Sheik versus his Peach after the event ended, and mm-hmm. everyone was kind of like, everyone was pretty much milling out of the venue at this point, and we were the only two people on a setup, you know, just because we love the game so much and we're really truly trying to improve. Just uh, talking about how each other are uh, bad and carried and. Um, playing Peach Sheik. It's a really good time. Uh, I will say, greater than 50% win rate on his Peach. I, I'm just I'm just going to put that out there. Just going to put that out there. He may have won the last game completely by luck, undeservedly, but I still have my win rate, and I will hold that. That was one of my big takeaways from the weekend, was that win rate. <laughs> it's possible I just want to say this is, be... all, uh, yeah. this is all in response to a question we would asked about how you prepare for IBDW. Oh God! Do you want to go back to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I went into the video game. I wasn't nervous. I knew that Cody was like really bad against Peach comparatively to his other matchups. So I was like, "Yeah, definitely could win this." And then I did, and that was nice. That was cool. <laughs> I I enjoyed that. I was like, "Woo, we did it!" Uh, yeah, not the only um, upset that we really saw, not only just from you, but but the whole tournament kind of had some some surprise results throughout. Uh, I, I think that your story kind of overshadowed a little bit of what we saw, but when you have this many big names in this an event like this, mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff kind of fell under the radar. Uh, Anok, sorry, Edwin. Uh, <laughs> what? Mr. Budding. Mr. Budding. Uh, what were your takeaways from this event? Because... From watching it live, uh, I don't think I have to add it that I watched it from the venue, um, but I did. I definitely thought there was some stuff that seemed like it was would have been a pretty big deal, but I don't know. Oddly enough, a lot of the stuff that we saw, a lot of the big upsets, I don't know if it's just the current melee landscape that we are currently in, but a lot of it didn't feel like it was like this monumental upset as, as much as it should be. Um, what were your thoughts on, on some of the upsets that we got to see, Edwin? Uh, a, a couple of them, you, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you mention that, and I want to concur with that, because I think, like, 
when you look at these kinds of pools, I thought that the uh, the the way that they turned out was like there were a couple people in each pool who I thought had had a tough way out. But like a lot of the four seeds, like like obviously not not just Polish, but like when I saw Cobalt's pool, I mm-hmm. thought that there was a small chance that Cobalt like that Cobalt could make it out in winners, and I thought that like I thought at least like you know Cobalt against Marth uh, is mm-hmm. is a matchup we've historically seen him take sets from other other top players in. Um, I thought he would. I thought especially given like he's from the same region as the Atlantic South as Logan that we hadn't seen like Cobalt in a while. Um, I I thought that Cobalt w- was kind of a scary draw for him, and uh, in the middle of the set, uh, no one re- remembers this because Cobalt ended up winning. But Logan actually forced Octo on FD, and Cobalt just shrugged it off. Ended it ended up taking the set. He ended up beating Two Saint in one of the. It was a three one set, but there was a game on Pokemon Stadium that was like a five minute three stock beatdown, and I was just really impressed with what we saw from him for him to take so much time away from the game to come back and do well it's it's not necessarily surprising but i would i would certainly say it's notable you know coming in and beating some of the you know rising stars of the last year and a half um that would that would be my my one of my first takeaways the second takeaway about the rising stars themselves do you have a takeaway on that yeah so um Obviously, I I think that the elephant in the room is that this was just not uh this is just unfortunately not Logan's event. Um, I mean, drop dropping the set to Cobol, beating beating Two Saint was good. Um, he had he had a bit of a not close three one with IBW, but I think uh, one of the most you know by the result on its own, I think Zamo three owing him really came out of nowhere as yeah. far as their their previous trends you know this is a matchup that i know that zamu used to struggle with a lot in the past he had been working on it quite a bit over the last year or so had shown some pretty good results taking taking sets off kuyashi and everything but you know for him to come in and 3-0 logan logan the guy who who eats up fox players you you put a fox in logan's bracket or you give him a pool of foxes logan they eat that stuff up and I, you know, it, it could just be, you know, extenuating circumstances, motivational burnout, whatever. Essie? When, when you, yeah, it could be Essie. It could be okay. Essie. I actually, I actually don't know if Essie and Zamu communicate in a way that makes it possible for them to, like, work well together. I think that, like, Essie actually didn't end up coaching Zamu much at all, for what uh, it's worth. Well. I know Zamu did ask uh, Zane and Cody both how to beat Logan. Um uh, mm before he played Logan, so that may have played a role. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the... I, I think 3 0 Logan as Fox is not easy. Like, that's a... Like, I like, even if you want to consider the, the fact that, uh, you know, like, maybe Logan was not playing his best, maybe Logan was not all there in the moment, when you talk about beating players in Polish, I want you to think about this, too. You're talking about a, a set of ranges for how a player could perform, right? So even if a player is playing quote unquote bad or choking or, or throwing a set away, that's within a range of possibilities of how a player could play. They could play good or they could play bad. But even beating a player if they're playing, you know, less than their average uh, average result, it still shows that you're capable of crossing into that range of play. So for someone like Zamu to to 3-0 Logan even if Logan is not playing at his full 100%, that's 
that is a very good result for a Fox player of Zamu's caliber, I would say. And it shows that Zamu can cross into that range of taking down someone who who destroyed Moki at Summit, right? That's a very, very impressive result from, from him, I would say. Wait, I want to bring up a, another surprise from, from Pools that mm-hmm. Warren's mentioned here. I want to bring up Ginger's 03 performance. And I want to bring this up, not, not to beat up on Ginger, but to say that for me, I was very confident that Ginger was going to make it out in winners of this pool. I liked his match. I, I thought he had a good chance against Hungrybox, given mm-hmm. their, their rollback record. Um, Polish, I'm, I, I know you beat him, but I know that you, before He's Smash been beating Return, me up. He's yeah, been beating me up. He had beaten you at Tri-Point Smash and been clutching Very good sets record versus Magi as well. Yeah, the extremely era. good record. So Recent win I, on LAN as well. Yeah. So I think if you're Ginger, if you're the low tide city champion, Ginger, you know, dropping these sets in pools and then just having a devastating turnaround set against Wizrobe, mm-hmm. Wizrobe and, and Losers, where you go from up 2-1 to just getting blown out the last two games. I think, uh, you know, I'm glad that Ginger is, is is going to try to compete at the last chance qualifier. I think Ginger is, is absolutely one of the most, gra- you know, incrementally improving players over the last year and a half. But if we're talking about a rising star who who saw his stock plummet a little bit, I, I think it's got to be Ginger. That's that's one of the most memorable, you know. We often joked on the show about who the second best Falco was. Fiction came up as a topic before he had even entered a tournament with Falco. Mm-hmm. You know, famously, at, was, yeah, famously, yeah. Flash's name might have been mentioned, and now, I don't know Polish. I don't know Wheat. Can Ginger re- cement himself as the second best Falco for whatever that means in the in the next next month and a half? Maybe, maybe not. But I think this event is definitely a step back for him. Yeah. Well, we also should know. You know, Ginger. Yes, he he is. Uh, he did win Low Tide city uh, he is he is the champion of low tide city he's also in the same pool as an evo champion uh in the same pool as a smash con champion mm-hmm. then he goes to losers and immediately has to play uh like a smash and splash champion right these are three major winners that he has to play plus magi uh and i think that having that as a draw it's impossible for me to see that and really say okay well you know this is the decline of ginger it's like when you have something at Summit and then someone gets 13th, right? It's it's This is an event that's kind of uh, like a, a close analog to Summit in a way. Um, even though it's just the people on the East Coast, we are still seeing like the level of talent that you would see at a major. If you threw this top 16 onto like a 200-person tournament, that's a major. Um, so the fact that Ginger didn't do too well here, it doesn't really like you know make me think uh like we're not gonna see any success from him in the future uh definitely someone i would agree with that he's been really known for consistency and if you look at what he's done on land we've seen him he had that win on uh you know he that win it i I believe it was what he won hold that l hold that l and he won tri point that same weekend he won that tri point that was stacked he won low tide obviously and then we also see that he loses to flash gets 13th at riptide gets 13th here without taking a set um so it is it is odd to see like a a level of inconsistency that we don't generally see from him but the way that he is able to dedicate himself to the game seems to be uh you know pretty in line with like not just falling off um 
So I, I don't know. I'm not too worried about Ginger. I, I'm not sure if like I would necessarily uh, say, okay, well now that he got you know, 13th of this, he's definitely going to get first at the next one. But I'm not also going to say that he's not going to make it out of pools at the next major he goes to. Right. Yeah, of course. I But but I did want to bring it up because I, I think it showcases that, you know, a brief, you know, a, a pool that Ginger was by all means had a pretty... Yes. We came into it thinking that he had a good shot to make it out. A and great then, shot uh, to make it out in winners a, uh, and, a, and a decent shot to make it out in, in, as the number one seed. Yeah. And I think... Um, I think it stands out not necessarily because I think Ginger was going to fall off or suddenly drown in pools. As he's bad to... now. Yeah, now. now he's, Ginger he's lost a wizard. Anymore. He's bad. He's no, bad that... now. Yeah, I'm not. Sorry. Did you guys hear? He lost a wizard. He's bad. Sorry, everybody. But, but I do think it's kind of interesting with Ginger because we, we talk about his consistency. So uh, for my Monday morning Marth this week, which went completely uh, <laughs> overlooked because of the other project that came out, I actually took a look at both, uh, both Fiction's Falco and Ginger's Falco since July. And wh- one of the things I will say with Ginger is that, like, I-, I think his, like, overall records are are really solid and consistent, as you brought up, Wheat. But I also think that, like, I, I think that sometimes, like, in a weird way, like, when-, when you find really consistent players with good records against the field, wh- what you'll find with a lot of them is that they eventually just run into, like, a hard stop against yeah. certain kinds of players. And I feel like Ginger has kind of been in that, like, you know, if he runs into... We we mentioned Wizarobe as a very tough opponent, and I think it's especially hard for Ginger. But even like Nun, SJ, I think Gatsu's really hard for him. I I named all Falcon players, but like I think like Logan, Kadoran are tough. Um, and like especially with Fictions rise lately, you know, dominating for Dugos, being positive on SJ in recent times. I I don't know if I don't know if I can say that Ginger like if. If I see Ginger versus SJ in bracket, I, I gotta think Ginger's a pretty big underdog. But if I see Fiction against SJ, I like his chances a lot. And I like mm-hmm. his chances a lot against that, like, tier of players. I don't know if I can say the same for Ginger. You know? Polish, I wanna hear your thoughts on this. Um, but I, 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 I'm gonna... I'm, so... Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. But before that, I'm going to talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's this thing that I brought up recently on the show which is like the idea of when there's an up-and-coming player you like don't have the parameters for how good they are and even though you know that they're not as good as you know like x player um i don't know like the the ability to have upsets seems higher for some reason it's this like weird paradox where i will see a player who is not top 100 yet and they are getting incredibly good wins and i'll see them in like round of 64 at a major and i'll be like they could be you know x top player uh and then you have a player who has been established maybe they're like in the 70s on some of the top 100 and for some reason even though they are better even though we have more data to show that they're better um i guess like the mystery has gone right you you now that you know more about them the mystery of how how they'll play is kind of gone and i think fiction still has that right now Right now, we haven't seen enough of Fiction to know if this is, like, close to his peak with Falco or if he will improve, considering we have, like, only really seen this Falco for a year. <laughs> um, and to see him already do this well, it's, it's hard to say if this is the, the end of the upward trajectory. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's That's an interesting little thing, and I'm excited to... This is going to be the new HBox thing. We always used to have, talk about HBox in every episode, and still do. 
but now we're also bringing up Falco, the second best Falco <laughs> in every episode, and it's something that we will uh, we will talk about probably at length after main stage. That'll be some some juicy little content. Um, now Polish, formerly Falco main. Do you have any thoughts on on like what the current Falco uh, crop is looking at like? So, number one, I don't think I ever got good enough at the game with Falco to be able to meaningfully look at Falco play and say, oh, I think they're good because of this. But you did beat a bait with Falco. I did beat a bait with Falco. Luigi matchup is just you undershoot down air over and over again, and a bait didn't have good ledge dashes back then. Um, Anyway, uh, (laughs) I think, so I will give you my vibes-based take, which is that I think that Fiction is a genius of the game. He sees it differently. Um, he just plays every character and is amazing with them. Um, and I also think that Ginger's really smart and good at the game and methodical, and he's got his drug fox lessons. And in terms of who the second best Falco is, it, it doesn't matter to me, so I've never thought about it, <laughs> which is my unfortunate answer. Um, so I could record, like, I could, like, go in and, like, we could, like, record a clip of me saying, like, yeah, Fiction's the best, like, by far. And like ginger will never touch him and then we can go in and we can do like the opposite mm-hmm. and we can just let both of those like exist in the world as like cultural relics i think that would probably be fun and whichever's right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah whichever's right you can go back and clip that one and be like man polish is really smart and like they know a lot about like falco and like the game so that's that's generally that's, how melee that's stat my, likes to play it yeah yeah melee that's stat. that's <laughs> <laughs> statistic the one that's how we like to play it, is uh, if you just, like, keep making enough bold predictions, eventually you'll be right, and then you'll just act like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I said Axe was yeah. going to win some, and he we, did. We don't know so like, much, dude. Don't pay attention every time I said Leffen was going to destroy Hungrybox, and then didn't. No, nobody brings up those messages. Nobody brings up the screenshots of those Discord. No one brings up the wrong times. You only bring up the right ones. And no, suddenly it's awesome. You look yeah. like you're a, a genius. Yeah, you can drop takes. It's sick. It's dope. There's no consequences. <laughs> No, I don't know. I think that, like, if I see Fiction be the best in the world at literally anything, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I just think he's really good at improving at things. And that's cool to me as someone who also really cares about improving at things. Yeah, he, he's a very big improver, <laughs> very good at that. Um, it's kind of, you know, we've seen him do this with, with Peach. We've seen him do it in, like, 2015 era with Marth. And I think both especially the Marth, have had a really good success. But this is the first time that we've kind of seen him, like, really fully drop his character um, for a new one. And it's it's really cool to see how... Wait, wait, why are we talking about fiction? This is NA East. <laughs> Let's I'm talk, always so... down to talk about fiction. So we were... Yeah, it's the... It's, dude, it's the Venus flytrap. Yeah, you get me talking about fiction. Okay. He's cool. He's good. Well, we were talking about his, uh, his East Coast corollary, which was uh, Ginger. Ginger, someone... Um, who lost to Wizro. Another person who lost to Wizro was Lod. Lod ended up doing pretty well at this event. Um, it's another case of, like, you know, someone like you, because uh, you both play Peach, and someone like Cobalt, because you guys were all seated low, yet the potential's there. Um, and it's not that we have not seen brilliance from people like Lod and Cobalt, but it's just that in, in this sort of stacked event, when you haven't seen a lot of, from them, it's hard to to really call that they're going to perform well. And then you have someone like Lod who, you know, it's <laughs> like learning box and, and uh, in med school and such, I think finishing up med school and uh, 
all of a sudden you have him playing for fifth place uh which is pretty wild um i'm not sure if i truly expected that run from him but with a player like lot it's truly impossible to to count him out um and polish i guess the question i have for you is so we are seeing you know obviously with your third place at this event uh lot's fifth place Keizu ended up getting 7th place at the Smash World Tour qualifier for NA West. And uh, Triff, of course, one of the best Peach players, uh, one of the best players in Europe, period. We have more Peach players that qualified for Smash World Tour than, I believe, than uh, Falcon players. Which is something that, you know, when was the last time you would look at the, the top echelon of melee play? and say that like peach is more well represented than falcon uh it's a pretty crazy statement but i i want to pick your brain on what you think peach has to hold in this new meta uh (laughs) (laughs) damn well okay one thing uh that will sound like i'm being self-deprecating but I just think it's true, is that the top players have not had a reason to play versus Peach mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, at least in in the context of East Coast Melee. There like hasn't really been a lot of Peach going around. So it is... People are certainly... I think that Peach as a character is like... You've got, like, your theoretical Peach who, like, loses all the matchups and it sucks and your life is pain and it's valid when you complain. And then you have your real Peach who's playing against human opponents who make mistakes and don't have perfect flowcharts which murder you for being slightly misspaced in neutral or something or, like, being on the ledge. Um, and then you have your Peach versus Kadoran and other players of that skill tier who have practiced versus Peach where it's, like, oh, man, this is quite hard. Uh, And I do see how my character loses this matchup, but it is possible. And, like, Peach is still quite good. So I think that right now, uh, you've got your Kadorans of the world who, like, you play Peach against them, and you're like, oh, man, if I tournament winner at 70%, he's going to reaction tipper me every time, and I'm going to die. And that's what happened to Keizu in uh, his set versus Kadoran. And it's like, that's really hard. But then on the East Coast, you've got like, oh, it's nice that Cody lets me like down smash out of some of these scrambles and gets hit mm-hmm. by them. And like, oh, he's not ready for the Triff, like jump back in the corner, drift in there. And it's like, oh, he just isn't really ready for that. So I can hit him over and over again with that. It's like a few things like that, where it's like, I think that like some, you know, against the people, blah, blah, blah. Peach is going to get harder to play uh, very soon because the top players are like, oh, God, I have to think about Peach now. You saw Cody posted about it, uh, thanks to someone um, beating him this weekend. Uh, I don't know who that was. Uh, so he's going to be grinding the Peach matchup. I hope that Zane's going to be grinding the Peach matchup because I would like to play versus Zane. And also Zane is just much worse at the Peach matchup than any of his other matchups by what feels like quite a long shot to me. So it's it, it's an interesting spot where it's like we're like better than we should be right now because people are like a little rusty on it. It's gonna get harder, but it's also exciting because we can get way better too. So it's gonna it's kind of like an arms race of like mm-hmm. who's faster. Can I 
a nine to fiver keep up with cody grinding for 10 hours a day on his stream who can say you know but it's very exciting and i really really want to play him after the rework after like he reworks his beach matchup and just like see you know have my own improvements that i'm bringing to the table see his improvements that he's bringing to the table and just play melee at a higher level and that would rule a lot so it's very cool and exciting edwin do you know what this reminds me of What's it remind you of? Do you remember when Wildland was legal and we would have just these waves of Icy's players doing really, really well? And then everyone was like, okay, we have to beat Icy's. And then suddenly <laughs> everyone would learn the matchup and then Icy's players would, you know, get beaten. And then they'd have waves of them not doing that well. And then people are like, oh, yeah, I don't have to worry about Icy's. There's no top Icy's. <laughs> and it's just a vicious <laughs> yeah. cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I Peach is pretty similar to that uh, in, in the current. Uh, you know, environment that we're playing melee in, but I, I think the thing is that I also just think they are. You know, I think Peach is a better character than the Ixes yeah. are. No, Peach, super good, super and, good character. Yeah, Peach is really good, and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial, but Controversial. Maybe. No, Peach is really good. And, and Wally, speaking of Peaches, Wally and I on the car ride back from the uh, Smash World Tour North America West. Uh, 2021 melee regional finals (laughs) we were chatting about this very topic you know if you look at the peach players that we have currently um we have you plays nine to five or or sorry works nine to five uh we have lod who you know we mentioned before is in the late stages of, of med school keizu i think is another nine to fiver who we don't see um on that like grind not to say anything about like his results, they're really good, but I don't think anyone would say that any of you three on a grind. And then Ara, um, someone who took a kind of a little bit of a step back from melee uh, in like early twenty twenty one ish, and and only recently returned when when Lan was returning. And Triff, Triff, probably you know people would claim one of the best peaches that we have, if not the best peach, and then non-existent what and what we have to deal with right now uh in north america and just kind of doing that classic trift thing of only going peach sometimes <laughs> so it's it's this tough yeah it, it's the like secondaries are kind of nice though <laughs> it seems i think everyone is mad because they're not nice but they will but be they cool. win <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're not nice but they're but they're just like good enough to beat a the ton secondaries of their, like, are, are morally bad but they will win. <laughs> yeah, which is like the worst thing. I mean, yeah. imagine being Rick's and like you get defeated by Triff's Marth and and Marth. <laughs> Triff Triff's Marth is named Marth. Uh, you get you get beat by by that Marth, and you're like, okay, well, this is like clearly not good enough to beat me, and it did. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely putting people in situations to like. I wonder really what that statement them. means. Poor poor frenzy. <laughs> Poor, poor. Fr- poor Frenzy has been grinding the Peach matchup so hard, and he had a marathon grand finals with Triff Smarth, where he, where he barely came on, on top. Yeah, dude. Poor poor Europe in general. But, uh, I mean, yeah, even then, you know, you we have players like Sharp who are really good, but I think that in terms of, like, the other representation that we see from other top tiers, I guess maybe not Puff or something, um the the people who are playing peach don't seem to be on the grind 
Uh, and if they are, they're not the top, you know, the top, top, like top 50 players that we are seeing. And uh, it's just this weird thing because I, I think that that is both somewhat of the reason why we're seeing that, like you mentioned Polish, but also it makes me feel like the, the future of Peach is not, it's not fully written yet because if all of the good Peach players are not devoting time to the game, you know, what does that say, right? Um, two, two things I can say here. One, we just play, we play our little floater, we get our little down smashes, and then mm-hmm. we win. It's like, oh, it's my, my little floater character. I don't have to be a... Uh, Cody definitely came up to me this week, and he was like, I'm so mad that you're just, like, not practicing, and, like, you're texting, you're not, like, playing people in between the sets. You're just sitting around. I'm like, yeah, it's my, it's my little floater. I just float around. I just hit the down smash. It's fine. Uh, number two, yeah, no, Peach has so, so much room for improvement. All of the Peaches who are currently playing, like, there's just so much that we can do better so it's exciting you know like as as other people get better i think that peach can keep pace and who knows who will do that and who will actually take the time out to grind yeah it was it was fun um at the smash world tour west event um getting to hang out with keizu and ara because they well first off they kind of pointed to a lot of stuff you did i don't know if they ever told you that while you were what you weren't there uh, yeah, I wasn't were, there. They were not there. <laughs> they were watching bods of me <laughs> versus West Coast player. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Somehow, but, but yeah, I don't know if you you, you know word ever got back to you about this, but they, they definitely were. Uh, there's some reverence from them about the, some of the stuff you do. I think there's some of the stuff that other people do, like Wally. I think you know that was mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the way it is, I think that there's it's like all kind of taking pieces of the puzzle from everyone else. I know uh, Aro was was very. Um, adamant about how peaches should always do the uh reverse up smash reverse on, up smash on that marth I, that i threw a game versus zane by trying when it wouldn't have killed <laughs> whoops um <laughs> uh, but yeah i think like the the ceiling that we've seen for peach uh peach is a really good character and theoretically really good um so i don't think there's any reason reason for peach necessarily to to fall out of fashion anytime soon yeah, West Coast Peach especially is really fun because they're, like, all a lot, like, they're, like, they don't do all, like, the dumb button pushy stuff that us East Coast Peaches do. Like, you know, Lod, Wally, I Try, you've got Nico, of course, Nico, Ryobi. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all like to hit buttons and say the word hyperfloat uh, as if that means something. Um, and we do that, and we're all in on it together. And then we say, like, shield pressure and plus four aerials, and we're, like, working on all that stuff. But the West Coast Peaches, like, they're they're a little less so. And I think that, like, something I noticed while playing West Coast players not at the Smash World Tour West Coast Regional Qualifier. No, because you weren't there, of course. Because I wasn't there. You were at the East Coast um, event. Was that, you know, from watching VODs uh, and doing analysis, I noticed that uh, the shield pressure that Ara and Keizu uh, represent, they don't do a lot of like plus two like nares or like kind of low aerials. They don't like um, which plus two on your aerials is the threshold at which aerial down smash beats roll. So you'll find a lot of like West Coast players uh, who play a lot versus Keizu and Ara rolling out of shield in those spots. So us East Coast peaches, we can just come in and we do our shield pressure and we down smash and we get the hit for free. And it's like, oh, this is nice. It's a stylistic difference that is good for me. Uh, so I think that 
definitely something that the West Coast can stand to work on. There's also the shield drop float stuff that I did that and Keizu and Aura were at the setup and they were like, it's really good, gotta steal that one. Uh, and then I just told Keizu over and over again, watch Wally videos, hyper float Nair out of the corner, just do it, come on, it's really good. And I think I said it enough times that he might actually do it, but who can say? I don't know. I really do just go around spreading the good word of Wally. As much as I like to diss Wally constantly, uh, because we are good friends. Deservingly so. Yeah, deservingly so. Yeah. Um, he's really good, and he has a cool take on Peach, and he like is responsible for a lot of my improvement within the last two years, because I'll do something in the game, and then he messaged me on Discord, and he's like, you should have done this. You should do this. You should work on this. And I, I give him analysis back in turn, but it's it's a really nice little symbiotic relationship we have. We kind of have like a little like two-man peach think tank, which has been uh, creating results. I think there's a there's a lot to that. It's been working out. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we were talking about West Coast. Yeah, West Coast peaches. Watch Wally videos. All will be well. Just do that. It'll get easier. Um, you know, I, I want to. We're talking a lot about peach. I want to. Um go to my my good friend edwin on this one uh you know famously a lot of the discourse that's been around peach is about the you know uh how peach does versus certain characters whether or not what matchups are winnable and uh we got to get to the guy who very famously said princess peach doesn't call mario daddy she calls him sechi oh my god that, what a throwback Oh my god, that this, was like this two, true? two and a half years ago. <laughs> just, that was just a question. That was that was you who said that, right? Because <laughs> I I remember that being some of the leading discourse that we've we've heard on. Uh, I don't know if I would say it was leading discourse as it much was content as it... at the very least. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It, it's if content. it's not discourse, it's content. Can't, can't help. Who could forget that dominating melee discourse for a full week? That one phrase. I don't know if it was for a full week. Maybe, maybe, maybe. For yeah, that was you. huge. No, I remember that. <laughs> I don't think it. Was... Well, Edwin, I think uh, yeah, you, it's you do love the... to dominate uh, discourse with your content, and, and I think uh, as much as people remember the one about Princess Peach calling Mario Sechi, what is it? So she's still calling Mario. It's still Mario she's talking to. Instead of Daddy, she's saying Sechi. Um, she's not talking to Sechi instead of Mario because that. Yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. No, it's but, Mario, but like instead of Daddy, she's. <laughs> but Sechi's still in this universe because she knows about Sechi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's involved for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So instead of this, uh, you know, content that you put out into the world, uh, dominating discourse, I think we, uh, I think you've been able to one up yourself, and I think with the, your latest bit of content are finally able to uh control the discourse in melee obviously i'm talking about the uh the project that melee stats is releasing in collaboration with pg stats uh this following month or coming up this month i guess um i am of course talking about the all-time top 100 edwin this is something that you have done in collaboration with uh pikachu 942 in the past and i think I, I, if I could be so bold to say, I think this is possibly the the biggest iteration of it yet. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I think uh, so. J just for reference, when we did the list three years ago, it was just kind of like our, our approach of it with it was it was that based on everything else that we had worked on together for the Smash History articles, for the you know my my personal blog and everything, it was just kind of two people's opinion, right? With with some set of a with you know with some basis of writing content before about melee history. But, you know, it, it's been a while since we made that list. So, and while, uh, well, Melissa, a.k.a. Pika, has always thought of making updates to a personal list and keeping track of it herself, you know, in earlier this year, it hit me that Melee's 20th anniversary was coming up. You know, the last time we had a top 100 all-time list was in 2018. A lot has changed since then. We've, we've seen a lot of people kind of, like, in 2018, they were just starting to cement their uh, kind of their uh, their place in melee history, or starting to begin kind of like a new new part of their career in which they were going to impact the scene a lot more. And we've seen a lot of those people like Zane and IBDW just kind of become like bona fide stars at the scene. Now, at the same time, we're currently in a scene that, despite what everyone wants, I don't think we're going to get a top 100 ranking this year. For we're not going to get an MPGR. It's we're, we're just out I of want. the I want yeah. to not get a top 100. Yeah, I, I don't want a top 100 either. So I, I thought, you know, in place of this content void that we have around rankings in the scene, <laughs> but also as a response to the three years since the original list and Melee's 20th anniversary coming up, I thought it'd be a really cool idea to revisit the top 100 of all time and make sure it's not just two people's opinion, but six people's. <laughs> With my uh, my group of friends and comrades at Melee Stats, yeah, I mean statistically speaking, three times better than every Agreed. previous list that's been put out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty excited to to see both the response to it, and uh, I'm excited to to have this project be released in full because I think that what we have put out is very exciting. It's um, it's something that uh, oh, I mean, who knows? Did I Am I a little bit of a leaker? And I told some players at the NA West event that this was uh, being released. Obviously, wasn't able to. I'm not the sort of leaker to release any places, but just kind of like a. It was fun to, to gauge. Uh, I, I think I talked to like two players about this, two or three. It was fun to gauge their thoughts on what would be following, um, just to see how they thought they'd place and what the general like placements for the entire uh, list would be and that was just kind of a little insight into uh what i think is going to be happening in the next few weeks because the the perception that people have of what a top 100 could look like and what a top 100 might be i think it's it's so interesting um you know we, we've seen 20 years of this game and uh and having a a project that like actually is able to to go over it all i think is something that uh will be pretty appreciative now, Edwin, I, I think the question begs to, you know, the, the question begs itself. Um, why do you think that uh, ice climbers aren't good and none of their wins count? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, this, this is part of a broader discussion. But as for uh, as for my point on, on this, it's not that I don't think ice climbers aren't, are, aren't good or bad. I just think they have really volatile results that are hard to take much away from it's like it's like you design a game or you design a character in a game 
where all its competitive results are just not real, no matter no matter what. No, it just it's like you're you're giving your fate to your opponent, and you're giving your opponent's fate to them. And like it's kind of like reverse Falco, right? Like like we we've talked about this before. We where it's like have we? Clim- we were talking about reverse Falco. <laughs> well, it's it's like Falco. It's like that. It's completely in your hands, but like it's a it's it's high volatility, but it feels like like you control like the results. Whereas with the ice climbers, it's like you could just run into someone who's playing good, and there's like nothing there's like nothing you can do to stop them because mm-hmm. like they they hold all the cards or whatever. Like I I just think for for at least on on my ballot without getting into the specifics or uh, spoiling the whole list. That I was, if I had a bias in my list, I think I was relatively harsh on ice climber players. But yeah. I think everyone had that. I think everyone had a similar bias, or in another area. And I think we all worked very well together to counterbalance each other. I know Ambi hated boomers. I know that. Um, you know, we to be honest, I, I I think you were anti-boomer as well, but I didn't really I didn't really detect much of a bias with with you. You were pretty you were pretty steady with the, with the head-to-head records for pretty, players. I'm in always each of the on the straight narrow with these types of things. <laughs> yeah, we we had a very weirdly except for a few things at the top that I would I wouldn't agree with, but like I think I think wheat was pretty sensible for for like for most yeah. of the list. I will say I expected to disagree with you a lot more than we ended up disagreeing. Um, there were, uh, but but to be honest, the, the things that we agreed on, I will say that you came to my level. I didn't meet you on my, on that level. Uh, I I don't know if I, I, don't, I don't know if I would uh, agree with the uh, gall of you saying that, considering I actually had like a previous precedent for the list, which I imagine was helpful for you in shaping your opinions for 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 a long time. I would say ballot. that the uh that my ballot was more shaped by pure data and results uh, that I was able to pull up on my own. Um, and I do believe that the ballot that you first posted ended up not being your final ballot. So I don't know if you want to go and say that someone copied off someone. But of course, we're not here to bicker. We're here to, to revel in the glory that is uh, 20 years of a game coming up and uh, top 100 to celebrate one of the greatest gaming communities of all time. Well, I think one of the nice things, just because people will ask about the the way that the panel worked, is I, I I think I just want to go back to this point I brought up earlier. I think like for whatever blind spots that like any any individual panel member might have, might have, you have to remember that like there's there's five other people there, right? So if if I think that a player is like really 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 good, like that's going to be balanced by five other panelists' interpretation of that player. And what what factors they they're going to weight differently than me? That's one of the things that I thought was really exciting about this list because what what it came down to I think was like all six of us actually like agreed on about like eighty or eighty five percent of the players, and then for the players that we disagreed on, there was a very consi- it was very easy to determine what the like what the differences were because it, it was like. It was between things like weighting era differently or longevity differently or peak differently. So uh, at, at the end of the day, we, we came up with a list that I think is like, I just think, I think it's really good. And I think it's a good mesh of like historical perspectives on like peak versus longevity versus career, like meta accomplishments or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, I think the list is really solid and I'm really proud of what we did with that. And I think the, I think the blurbs that we wrote, I think the, 
the way we organized the project together was it's really good and i hope it's something the community enjoys yeah um i i think that it's it's going to be really good we we already saw the you know the release of this the announcement of it uh, with your methodology piece on pgstats.com with a wonderful trailer by JDMH um, and the first iteration of the list already having released and you know maybe the second iteration by the time you've listened to this um, you know Edwin we are going to get some chance to have more of that capital D discourse and make some capital C content about this as we get further into the list um, you know further waiting for games might, uh, might have a little bit more to chew on as we get a little bit more revealed but unfortunately we're not going to have polish for those so polish before you uh you know before we get too far into this let's let's get your thought who do you think's the goat i'm not going to reveal edwin's not going to reveal you're just going to be shouting into a vacuum <laughs> oh god dude there's like three there's like three three options it's not no it's there's not the hard. two just options pick, there's two. yeah t there's two <laughs> options just pick one of them you Actually, don't even have to give five much options <laughs> There's 120. There's 120 <laughs> options. I've, I've never thought about or engaged with this question. Um, I don't have any coins in my vicinity. Um, There's no diplomatic good. answer. Uh, you have to be heard it. Good. Oh, that guy was good. Uh, yeah, I like Armada. I haven't thought about it, but I liked Armada. <laughs> Oh god. A reasonable answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also weigh Super Mario 64 speedrunning in your answer. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, yeah, top yeah. top that one makes a lot in of the sense. world in that, I hear. He's pretty nice with it. I don't know. I've been thinking about trying to hop into like like ask him for a match analysis, but I don't want to be the guy who like comes into Armada's stream. It's like, "Hey, Armada, melee." Your Mario's wave dashing there, you know, like that kind of thing where it's like he's just desperately trying to live his best life yeah. and like be a Mario 64 speedrunner. And I just don't want to be like, remember your past. He's going to, you're going to be like, hey, Mar uh, hey, Mario. <laughs> hey, Mario. <laughs> hey, Mario. Hey, Armada. Can you, uh, you're going to like link him a set. Can you, can you analyze this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I love to uh, see your Oblina. And he's gonna open oh it up, and it's gonna God. be <laughs> melee, and he's gonna be disgusted. Oh no! But uh, yeah, time will tell, right? That is uh, that's the big question that we're gonna see. You know, uh, that's the thing. That's what's so fun about this list is that you know the question of, the, of who's the goat, who's number one, is pretty contested, and I think we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of uh, talk about that. But throughout the entire reveal process i think a lot of these has a lot of this is fun you know a lot of who's top 10 who's who's not top 10 who's top five who makes it outside of the top five i think i think a lot of the placements that we see especially with that top are are really fun and, and it will lead to some fun debates it's not even just that first one I just uh, so i guess you know we asked you who the number one is we already know who number 100 is uh who is number 69 do you think you're gonna throw Ty on there, right? Surely you just put Ty at sixty-nine. I think that's like <laughs> well, the right Ty, choice. Ty unfortunately already made the list at oh, uh, number ninety-eight. Well, you so have to like you have to like retract that now. <laughs> like, Polish there's other Arizona players on the there's other Arizona players on the list. Mm. It's not just Ty. Ty and Meds are out though. Um, I, I would love to tell you that that we uh, were able to rig the system. Unfortunately, number sixty nine was determined purely by 
data. Uh, a, a weighted average of mm -hmm. our individual A rankings. weighted average, a very different methodology than the, than the first time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was yeah, no, no way to rig this one, unfortunately. I'll be honest, I would call that a mistake. I, I do okay. not mean to come in and tell you how to do your Is job. Is there a second but... best player to be 60? There is. There might not be. Okay. Well, <laughs> I the only one. He's the guy in my mind where I'm like, that, that's him. That's 69. 69 there maybe he we'll is. leave it blank as in solidarity. Leave it blankly yeah, in honor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is for what could have been in a perfect world, what would have been. So if you, if you are interested in checking out who's going to be number one, you can, of course, uh, you do that. Edwin, do you have a, do you want to drop the, the date of uh, when we're going to be wrapping everything up? Yeah, so uh, we're actually going to be publishing the last 10, so that's 10 to 1, on Melee's anniversary, November 21st. So we're going with a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule right until a surprise. Well, I guess it's not really a surprise because I, I wrote about it, but then we're, we're going for a Sunday drop. That's for... going to be a really nice mix of like, oh, it's the Melee 20th anniversary posts with either mango or armada viciously complaining for a full it's gonna day. be great that's gonna be such a day oh my god because usually the big thing about the melee anniversary is uh it's like there's five melee anniversaries or whatever it seems like i feel like yeah, once yeah. we get uh, it's already november yeah we're already probably gonna see a bunch of tweets about like on this day melee was released in japan <laughs> oh melee was released uh it, it was kind of unofficially released this day. Yeah, we're gonna see a lot of those posts, so it'll be a very fun thing to to have that some some yeah, you for know, sure. debate and stuff mixed in with that. But uh, yeah, so you can check that out on Melee's birthday, and uh, if you want to just see who made it to sixty nine and close it all after that, you uh, should be able to see that in the next uh, coming days. I would imagine next week, but I believe huge. Uh, so uh, so that is what we have going on with that. I'm really excited to talk talk about that further. But, uh, you know, let's talk about, instead of Melee, let's talk about what else we've got going on in our lives. Polish, I'm not sure if you ever are able to catch any of the show. Uh, but if you if you can guess, we talk a lot about Melee. Uh, and because mm -hmm. of that, I think a lot of the people who uh, take our content in and take a lot of Melee content in are, like, pretty unable to see people as anything but just, like, little Melee bots. And... Uh, <laughs> As someone, you know, as someone like yourself, who is, like, pretty admittedly uh, not truly devoting yourself to Melee, I think it's it's a really good opportunity to, to show people that we are more than just, like, people who devote their lives to Melee. So we have a segment that is unnamed, uh, which is not allowed to be named Touching Grass, even though I've heard from fans that they like the name Touching Grass, uh, that I was voted out one-to-one. -one. <laughs> uh that it's not allowed to be named as such but uh yeah we basically every episode we try to have a segment where we talk about other stuff that's going on in our lives that's not melee related uh i will go first so the thing that since the last episode that has been going on in my life most that's not melee related it's probably been uh cecil's in laurel maryland the bar that none got to and i went to three days in a row <laughs> Um, but I'm not sure if that truly counts because the first day we were talking about melee and, and you know, nuns talking about Ganondorf and the bartender walks over and he's like, Ganon, Ganondorf, you guys, uh, you guys play smash <laughs> and went to his car and brought out his switch <laughs> and set it up, set up ultimate on the, uh, on the 
like screen that they have there. Um, and then the next day we come in and everyone at the bar, the bartenders like, how'd you do today guys? They were very invested. And then on the final day on Sunday, yeah, the bartender came in and was like, where's Cobol? Oh, Cobol didn't make it today. Oh, you know, IBW looks really good at the game and that peach player. Like, so, uh, so unfortunately, I'm not sure if if that counts as not melee related, despite the fact that that probably took up the most amount of non melee time in my life in the past week. Um, but I will mention the thing that probably took up the second most amount of non melee time in my life, which was uh, something that I was too afraid to say last week as my touching grass segment, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I was afraid to say it last week because they were not as good, and now after a pretty good week, uh, despite. <laughs> some COVID protocol players having to sit out. Um, I will say that that is the thing that I've been doing most. It's a, it's a very fun team to watch. And um, hey, if you want to talk about capital D discourse, I don't think there's more discourse going on in the NBA right now than uh, the situation going on with Ben Simmons. So uh, very fun. And uh, hopefully only more good stuff to come from there so that I can uh, talk to Fendi about. <laughs> so uh, hoping for more. But uh, yeah, what has been going on with you? Is this me, you, or is this actually I guess I didn't really... Uh... There, there's two people on the call, I'm you gonna, see. It's going to be like a... Yeah, I'm going to just like throw it up, and whoever takes it. So what is going on with you? Okay, neither of you guys want it. <laughs> what is going on with you, Polish? Uh, okay, Um. recently I... Uh, so I like played piano from age like five until like age 16. I like stopped in college not the college very early uh so i like stopped doing that and then but i liked doing that and now post-college recently i went and i bought a keyboard and i'm going to try to start learning piano again which is going nice. to be it's very exciting for me it's a nice like thing to grind and thing to learn also throughout my time like playing piano uh my i wasn't like a someone who was like actually it was i was a kid who my parents were having me take lessons so i never like actually tried to improve or do anything good i just was like oh it sure is fun to play the keys really fast but like I, I took like no music theory lessons whatsoever and my piano teacher every week was like do your music theory never did it so now i'm going into piano again as like an adult human and being like let's learn music theory and i already have my ability to like move my fingers fast in a way that does things well also applies to melee uh so hell yeah, yeah. piano <laughs> there's definitely a, like a, a pretty fun uh similarity between <laughs> i'm just gonna be the melee as jazz guy i was gonna say yeah <laughs> between, between learning melee and learning music um yeah but I, I do think that the way that we like people kind of devote themselves to melee so it's like easy to replicate that with a lot of stuff and i hope that i hope that you find success with that when yeah. I was in high school, I, I started, well, I started playing guitar when I was in middle school. When I was in high school, I started playing a little bit of piano. And even though I wouldn't say that I'm, like, incredibly proficient, I, like, I guess I'm not great either. Um, I did find music theory really easy to pick up from the piano itself. Just, like, mm -hmm. once you are able to visualize it all and figure out what note is where, um, mm -hmm. all that stuff kind of came pretty naturally. And uh, I think that someone like you, who is by all accounts smarter than I am, I think you'll have no issues with that don't know how to interact with that statement so i'll just let it go um, we'll pass yeah, it on. No, you can no, 
I'm not letting it all go, though. I'm taking okay, some of it. Right. No, you, you misunderstand me. I, we're still about me. It's still me time. Uh, yeah, no, say if I was, like, on a Melee podcast, the analog I could draw with Keanu amongst a Melee audience, if I was in that situation, would be that me on the piano is much like a fox who learned how to multi-shine, but is still learning, like when they should wave dash you know it's mm, kind of like yes. you know if i was amongst a melee audience and had the desire to uh make that make that statement i could say that my niece that was, that was my, i have two nieces who are learning piano currently and uh yeah you remind me of my six-year-old niece who is uh wants to play stuff as fast as possible yeah, that but was me. That was a me lovely, a lovely sentence. <laughs> you remind you me remind of my six-year-old niece. I am much like Wheat's six-year-old niece. I have everyone saying it. <laughs> Everybody's been saying this. You haven't seen that? It's the current discourse on, uh, yeah, on Twitter. It's huge. It's just so huge. No, but you will, you will absolutely kill it. Um, you'll be up there with the great uh, melee pianists such as uh, Nintendo and. Others. <laughs> Vudujin. Vudujin plays piano at tournaments. It's very cool. Okay. You, uh, you Nintendo, and Vudujin, the, the big three. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> three people often, often grouped together in other circumstances. Yes. <laughs> now, the only similarity between you three. Um, but yeah, that, that's really that's really fun to hear that. I think music is kind of one of those. Uh, I think we're all in agreement with this. I know Edwin is also musically inclined. Um, but you say that, and then he talks about how he's the best vocal range of any Smasher, so we can't actually say that. <laughs> um, I didn't say best. I, I would say among the biggest. Yeah, but yeah, I, Polish, I, I think you'll be great on piano. I can't wait to, to keep up with that journey. And, uh, hey, uh, let's, see, let's see here. Edwin, what, what kind of journeys are you on recently? Well, it's, it's funny that uh, you brought up sports and Polish brought up music because those two things that have been what I've uh, – are a bit adjacent to my two like late two big uh, interests. I picked up guitar again, so I used to I used to play guitar a lot more seriously in in high school. I wanted to be a musician for a while and just kind of fell out of it. Uh, I really wanted to be like a guitar virtuoso. So uh, like now now when I play today, like I have a better grasp on like music theory and like understanding how to like s actually songwrite meaningfully or like. Play, play with a lot more discipline but all my like uh, all my technique is bad now like I'm really sloppy I can't play as fast as I I used to be able to like w when I was younger I used to play like a lot of heavy metal a lot of like you know guitar like prog rock stuff so Edwin quick like... pop quiz what are the notes in a c6 chord uh c e a Polish? I have nothing for you. I, I am <laughs> like a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, Edwin. The A would be the, the sixth in that scenario. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I believe if you were playing on a piano, most people would be playing the uh, the G as well, the fifth, uh, because otherwise I, I'm not sure if that's a, a C6. Uh, but hey, that's the type of music, fun music theory that uh, I never got fully into, but maybe Polish will. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, so... Hit, hit me back in a month. In and, one month, yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah you'll, you'll, I wasn't done month. talking. <laughs> Let me talk. So, so I got back into playing guitar. I'm like relearning all my favorite Dave Gilmore like guitar solos and like. Well, if you don't have the song. G, it's just an A minor, right? 
Oh my god. It's just no, like a different. It's not version. your turn. Let me talk. <laughs> no, saying, like... Oh my god. No, that was the first half. The second half is just I'm very happy that the Patriots remembered to play football well. And now we're four and four. Wait, why do you get two ga- halves? Ga- game and a half. Well, there was other two things that I've been doing outside of melee. Uh, playing guitar, watching the Patriots. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know. Sometimes at the same time. Wish I had a second. That's fun. Okay, that counts then. Um, yeah, well, I, it seems like we're all on the same page on this one. Whether it be melee or, or you know, uh, activities other than melee. <laughs> uh makes for a really great episode of of capital c content to just be all on the same page about this um hey if you want to also see some content you can do so at uh polish's socials polish do you have uh any socials that you want to link any anything that you where people can find you uh you can follow me on twitter if you want at uh at ssbm polish um i don't I, i don't do much else i i streamed once not really super interested in the content grind, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, very fun Twitter, you know, uh, very sincere tweets about how you want to major. But, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I did, no I did, level I did, of irony in any. In no any irony whatsoever. I've never tweets. run a bit on my account. Not even no. once. I mean it all. Yeah. yeah. No, I did win a major, and then if you see the picture of me afterwards, it was me crying because I was so yes. happy that I won a major. I do remember, actually, from this weekend, uh, Cody Zane and I uh, were, like, standing around uh, eating pizza, and Cody was like, man, it uh, feels really good to uh, be hanging out with uh, my fellow major winners, you know, like my peers. And I thought that really stood out because, you know, th- those are my peers, the people I belong with. That was on Cody's fourth piece of pizza, I believe. Yeah, on his fourth piece of pizza before he ate the fifth one and then blacked out for an hour. Just was yeah, unable that, to do anything. That fifth piece. Yeah, the fifth uh, piece. Maybe, maybe at a different tournament, that fifth piece would be the most regretful uh, thing that any Smasher had did. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Cecil's was open, so uh, <laughs> some, some more bad decisions were made. Oh, uh, hey, speaking of... Uh, of following stuff if you want to follow cecil's on twitter uh they have a very unoptimized twitter that uh none was, was giving them some notes <laughs> none, none was giving them some notes about how they could uh, optimize their twitter so they're following six people me melee stats pod wally got none and dove they've got zero followers Cobalt was not there on, on the last day. Cobalt oh was on, on his way back to Georgia. I can't um, believe y'all did that. If you do want to follow <laughs> the uh, self-proclaimed best bar in Laurel, you can do so at Cecil's Bar 109 on Twitter. And if while you're on Twitter, if you want to follow someone who's followed by Cecil's Bar, you can uh, follow Melee Stats Pod. We're going to be tweeting out, uh, you know, all the results that we do last night in Melee, and we're going to be tweeting out to links that we'll. Uh, to the content that we put on the MeleeStats.co, such as weekly articles about uh, tournaments upcoming for the weekend, when's Melee, and then, uh, of course, Monday Morning Marth, the time where Edwin just gets to talk about whatever he wants for <laughs> a thousand words. Um, sometimes it's a tweet. Usually it's one tweet that spurs you on to, to write, like, 
ten thousand to two thousand words. Um, <laughs> ten thousand. <laughs> oh 10, my 000 god. To 2, <laughs> yeah, yeah two, two thousand. Ten thousand to two thousand. It's it's on the spectrum somewhere there. Um, and if you want to see the equivalent of uh, us reading uh, two thousand words, you can uh, do so on the Melee Stats YouTube channel. Um, really, really excited to to see the you know all the reception to what we put out in terms of the melee top 100 but also really excited to see the reception to stuff that we put out recently on youtube that being uh the game nintendo wishes it never made kind of uh, a little bit of a history of our history history of our history history of the community's um engagement with with nintendo and and vice versa um so if you have not checked that out already, do so. Uh, while you're on YouTube, you can go to the Melee Stats archive. You can see episodes of this. You can see some bonus stuff. You can see some sets that are not otherwise on YouTube. And uh, if you want to see more of this podcast live, you can do so at twitch.tv slash Melee Stats. And, you know, if you just love everything that we do, you can support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Melee Stats. Uh, before we go, obviously we have some, some questions from those lovely patrons uh polish i don't know if you uh would like to answer <laughs> you i believe you are a patron yourself so if you have oh, anything you'd like to ask yourself first now would be the time oh my god that's a, a huge opportunity unfortunately i wasn't prepared i will say one thing on my honor i did not i did not go into the patron patron channel and check out the questions beforehand i let it play out as it normally does uh blind answering the questions now <laughs> Yes, great. Um, well, you know, you know how it is. You are both a patron and uh, presumably someone who uh, partakes in all this content. So you know that the the deal is, we ask our patrons questions, and then uh, we have this little back and forth game of saying that the questions suck, and then the questions are good, and and then they suck again. Um, but we are we are on the good side of this uh, whole little game. Nice. Um, so, uh, Tezlik is going to ask, uh, what's your favorite color? It might be lavender right now. Mm, I've been on kind of a lavender vibe recently. Damn. Fun. <laughs> nice. Lavender vibe. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, SF, uh, great poster. Amazing great. results poster. Great. Every, hey. Great, great really little, good Twitch uh, chat poster, best in the game. Great Liquipedia poster, just wonderful addition mm. to the the core of Melee. Um, really good at putting words on the internet. Amazing, <laughs> possibly, possibly could be called amazing. But uh, SF asks, what differentiates your playstyle from other peaches such as Triff, Lod, Kezu, Wally, etc.? I feel like we did mention some of this stuff during this Platform. episode, but platforms, yes. Platform. <laughs> Willingness to not interact, but that's trip too. So, I would say like, I think a lot. Of, I, another thing I think a lot about like, against like, worse characters. Like I would say against like Samus and stuff like that. Maybe I interact less in spots where which would allow characters to have higher reward than they otherwise would get in neutral. I tailor my game plan specifically to um, shut down really high reward options and i think that's like one of the best things that i do and then when i see another peach get hit by a high reward option in a spot that they didn't have to engage in i'm like hey why'd you do that 
So, I don't know. That's all. <laughs> uh, we have got a couple more here. We're making some good time, so we'll we'll get a couple more out. Um, Wills is going to ask, where do you think you rank among the top 100 in foot racing? Um, I'm not sure if this is top 100 in foot racing or if it's the melee top 100 if they were foot racing. But How much time do I have to prepare? Like. I'm out of shape. How much time do I have to prepare? <laughs> uh, let's say right now and six months. Two answers. Six, wait, six months? I'm gonna, Yeah, two Ooh. answers. Right now and six months. Ooh. Okay, 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 okay. I don't know. Some of we've got a lot of like athletic people. You know, there's like the idea of like melee players who are like boulderers, like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. We've got a lot of like pretty athletic people, and I've been slacking right now. So, but I am also pretty athletic, like as a person. So, that that has to bring me up. Uh, we've also got like you know you've got your abates, you're like big runners. Damn. I'm gonna, based on pure athleticism alone, I have to narrow it down to like top fifty. I have to be up there. Uh, Quite possible. But who are who are the fine people, the fine top one hundred players? I don't know. I don't think I'm willing. I don't. Do they also have six months to prepare in the second situation? Yeah, yeah that's all, they're also months? getting six months. It's not just you. Shit. You're not getting a leak. Mm. <laughs> this so hard. Well, there's only one way to find out. I would say, you know what? Six I'm gonna, now. I'm gonna ego trip. I'm gonna ego trip. Okay. We'll we'll take the we'll take the Polish's dope route. Ego trip right now, top thirty, with time to prepare, top beautiful twenty because they also can prepare. I don't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> the ego trip ran out. Damn it. Now, are you more afraid of a top one hundred player? getting into running and being very good or a top runner getting into melee and being very good six months isn't enough time it's not like, enough what if, time what if you say picks up the box and develops a pretty sick fox i gotta say i don't think usain bolt has enough time to learn slide offs damn okay well i don't think i don't think you can do it in six months i don't think you can get to the point where you can move and do slide offs and sdi i'd cheese him I'd cheese you, Sam Bolt. The truth has to be said. Uh, let, let's end it with this one final question. So this is actually not going to be a question from a patron, but it's a question from a member of Melee Stats. So this is Amber Sinister's question, and I believe Amber Sinister's question alone. I don't believe that he was put up to say this by anyone else, but uh, what is your hair care routine? What is my hair care routine? Oh, damn. Uh, I use shampoo, and I use conditioner <laughs> and that's about it wow. <laughs> I'll be honest, the big two that's as far as it goes i have i've thought about i've thought about getting into it a little more never gotten around to it it's like i don't go outside it's like you know it's covid still it's around so it's like i'm just hanging out at home and this is just happening it's occurring so yeah no i, I i'm sorry i can't drop a fire hair care routine right now polish i don't have much if i can i, I want to sneak a, a question to you before mm -hmm. we head out fiction released a uh, tier list of all of falco's matchups and mm -hmm. something that immediately caught my eye in this tier list is that he listed falco peach as 65 35 for falco 
And he cited the fact that it was very difficult for Peach to get a hit on Falco and that he sees the matchup moving toward Falco's direction in the next three years as both both sides get developed more. Now, as a Peach player and as someone who used to play uh, as someone who used to play Falco pretty seriously, uh, your thoughts on this would be greatly appreciated. Okay, as a Falco player, I always felt like Falco Peach was really easy because a lot of Peaches would just throw themselves at you in bad spots where you could reactively punish them. Um, and also they all do the aerials from the air that you can just crouch cancel. And they're like, you can't crouch cancel me, I'm Peach. But they all used to do that back in 2016, 2017. So I always thought like, oh, Falco owns Peach. But then Lod destroyed me every time because he was a million times better than me. Uh, as a Peach player, I feel like I guess and sometimes kill Falco in the matchup. Um, I don't know. I've really been trying to study the matchup because, you know, I saw my pool. It was Ginger and Magi, and I was like, let's really learn what's happening in Peach Falco. And at the end of the day, I was I was watching Armada VODs. I was watching my VODs, and I got, like, a few things out of it, but mostly I was like, ah, it just feels like I have to guess and hope I'm right, and it just feels like luck for me. Um I think I'm not good enough at the matchup. Genuinely, uh, my take is that I'm not good enough at the matchup to really have a take. Um, my take as the third thing, which I am, which is a massive fiction believer, is that anything he says is correct and I will accept it uncritically. So if he says 65-35, I will agree. You have to. So, you don't have a choice. Yeah, I have to. I literally you must <laughs> would i put up a counter argument he'd start talking about laser heights and like laser timings and i'd be like yeah i noticed those of course yeah oh, oh. like i i couldn't hold the conversation i'm not powerful enough yet so maybe one day i'll come in and i'll say you know what i think it's only 45 55 uh and i'll come with my facts and strong argument to back it up but right now i'm, I'm not ready to engage not powerful enough yet well, you know, you say that you're not able to hold a conversation with uh, fiction, but you're able to hold a wonderful conversation with us today. Really happy <laughs> that you're able to make it on. I know that you are kind of rocketing into the stratosphere of top players, so I was very happy to hear that you are not too big to appear on the show. Um, but yeah, really, really amazing to have it on. I appreciate you coming after uh, you know such a such a big weekend for you. You're still able to make room for us, little guys. <laughs> any any podcast that Captain Faceful's been on. It's huge. It's a huge opportunity for me to be where he once was. True. Third place last week. Now we have third, third place. place last week. Yeah. Amazing so. company I found myself in. I'm so so happy with that specific result. That's huge for and me. And hey, we have you know uh, obviously who can forget our Pipsqueak episode that we had uh, way back when. Third place at the also a third placer. Third placer. Oh Dude, does melee God. stats have something? These are the best third placer. Third Serious. What if we're actually thing. holding them back? And it's, like, it's like they'd be getting first place. If they weren't showing up on our show. No, I only yeah, wanted to qualify so I could. Who got third place at uh, SmashCon Fall Fest? Damn, I know the answer to this. Do you know the answer? I think I, I think I might know the answer to that. Edwin, do you know who got third place at SmashCon Fall Fest? Who else? But the villain of Chicago Land Melee, <laughs> no fluxes. A future guest of the show. Future guest, yes, for sure. Yeah. But as far as our when he gets guests, third at Genesis, when he gets third at Genesis, we'll get him on. 
but as far as our present guest, yeah, once again, Polish, I do want to thank oh, you for being on. You've been very good. Yeah, thank you. I, I do my best. Of course. <laughs> it um, was lovely yeah. to be on. Good good podcast. <laughs> third best podcast. That's why we're uh, third, third best, best in Melee. Podcast. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll run that. I don't really interact with much Melee content, so I'll take your word on it. We will never say what one and two are, but we're, let's call ourselves okay. the third best. No. Um, Good brand But yeah, thank you for showing up, showing up, and uh, thanks everyone for watching the now uh, newly minted third best podcast in Melee. <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys next week. There's, even though Smash World Tour events, you know, the qualifiers were kind of, uh, we saw a lot of the big ones, doesn't mean there's still not more to talk about. We will have more to talk about next week. I will see you guys then. Peace.